I've got all this stuff taking up space, but I don't want to be bothered with the hassle of having a garage sale. Well, why don't you call Reliable Resellers? Reliable Resellers? Yeah, Reliable Resellers. They buy all sorts of items, from toys to jewelry to collectibles, and best of all, they come to you and pay in cash. Oh wow, how do I get in touch with them? Easy, just call 813-421-5676 or go to their website, ReliableResellers.net. I'm calling Reliable Resellers right now. So the majority of my experience in the electrical field came from David Patty. Yeah. I fell in love with it because it was challenging to it wasn't me. A, it wasn't yeah. something I could learn and then always understand. Right. I mean, I'm learning today. I'll learn something new tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'll find something next week that challenges me. So that's yeah. why I wound up in this career path. Yeah. Gotcha. And so I started first going to banks that I was already using yeah. and looking for lines of credit. Uh, and I found out very quickly that I wasn't going to get one. <laughs> yeah. I had, I'm a, I'm a risk taker by nature. Yeah. So it didn't scare me. Okay. I wasn't worried about whether or not it was going to work. I knew I could make it work. Yeah. So it, it was just a, it was a matter of, you know, I'm, I'm leaving this job. Yep. I'm starting a new company yep. and I don't have a choice, but to make it work. Yeah. Uh, there's a million different avenues to go about it, mm -hmm. but Hard work is, it's going to prevail every time. If you think you can work, you know, eight hours a day and that's going to get you there, you need to work 16. Yeah. And that's what I would tell someone is, you know, seek out mentors, find somebody that can give you guidance mm -hmm. and work, work yeah. as hard as you can possibly work. Yeah. There's things that are important and you've got to stay focused on what's important. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is just incidentals that you have to deal with so. there's relatively few places i go in dade city and the surrounding communities that i don't know someone you know you walk into a restaurant you walk into a business uh, and there's always somebody there that you know uh, dade city is very special to me because i have a lot of family here it's where i grew up um, i still have a lot of friends in the area and um, i just feel like it's probably the best place for me to grow to have a business and to raise a family one day so. welcome to the art of business i'm your host eric baker i sit down with entrepreneurs right here in dade city and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds how they built their businesses and what their secrets for success are today i'm joined with mr leland wells austin he is the founder and owner of austin electric Austin Electric is located at 15103 Dugan Drive. That's D-U-G-G-A-N Drive in Dade City, Florida. You can also find them online at austinelectric.net. Leland owns two businesses. He's an entrepreneur. He studied environmental science at USF and environmental management of agriculture and natural resources at the University of Florida. He's a Florida Gator, a cowboy, an experienced breeder. He's an avid hunter and fisherman, and he's a member of the Dade City Chamber of Commerce. And frankly, that only scratches the surface. 
Leland is an extremely impressive guy who is wise beyond his years. He's only in his mid thirties, yet he owns multiple businesses, has a fleet of vehicles and a staff of almost 10 people under his supervision. He is driven and motivated to be successful and he's not letting anything stand in his way. Leland is the type of person that you'd want your son or daughter to look up to. He's a role model and someone you can really mold your life after. I'm grateful for having the chance to sit down with Leland to ask him questions about his life and his businesses, and we discuss everything. But before we just jump into it, Leland tells us the story behind the stash. Okay, so the story on the stash is probably close to 12 years ago. I was at a, uh, I believe it was a Memorial Day party. Okay. With a big group of friends. And there was another guy there that had a Fu Manchu. And my buddy and I had a $20 bet of who could grow one first. Okay. We saw his. Yeah. And I think I won. I never got the $20. <laughs> yeah. And I've had it ever since. Right on. And it's just become my kind of signature, I guess, over the years. Yeah, man. It's your thing. So it's never been cut off for 12 years. Right um, on. It's changed a little bit. You yeah. know, it's gotten longer, shorter, thicker, thinner, yeah. but it's never been gone. Right on. So that thing is epic, man. It's epic. It's legendary. It. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it myself. Um, okay. So um, let's get started here. Let's start to build the foundation and I want to get to know you a little bit. All so right. um, you're a Florida native, if I understand correctly, you're from Dade City. You're born and raised right here. That's correct. So I was actually grew up in Zephyr Hills. Um, and when I was about 12 or so, my family moved to Dade City. Okay. Um, and I've been here ever since other than a couple of uh, stints with jobs and college and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And I think I read that you went to Pasco High School. I did go to Pasco High School. Okay. Now, so what type of things were you into back in those days? Back in the high school days, um, I was in the FFA. I played baseball. I was on the swim team. Um, a lot of extracurricular activities. Uh, a lot of hunting and fishing back in those days. Um, baseball was really was my life back then. What'd you play? What um, position? Played shortstop, played some outfield. Okay. So second base, kind of yeah. all around. I grew up playing baseball. My, my dad was throwing baseballs at me when I was six months old on the carpet. You yeah, know, man. Yeah. Around, so. Okay. Right on. Awesome. Yep. Okay, cool. So, uh, so did you know, like back in those days, what you wanted to be when you grew up? So originally I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. Okay. Um, I spent a lot of time in my summers volunteering for uh, Dr. Roberts, who had a veterinary clinic in Zephyr Hills okay. and actually a veterinary clinic on Dugan Road. And, okay. And uh, that was kind of my, my thing. I went all the way through high school. Yeah. I ended up touring the University of Florida's College of Veterinary Medicine. Yeah. And just didn't, I, I eventually felt like it wasn't for me. Mm. And so I took a different, uh, a different route. Yeah. And, um, I really didn't have the best idea. I think I was too young at the time to really understand what my future held. Sure, sure, yeah. So. Okay, gotcha, man, right on. And so um, I, I tried to do a little bit of research on you, and, I, and I'm pretty sure um, someone told me that your mother was a Radio City Rockette. She was. Is that right? She do was. you have any memories of going to shows or anything? No, so she did all that before my brother and I were born. Okay, um, gotcha. 
she spent quite a few years in New York uh, dancing with the Rockettes. Yeah. I think probably one of the longest standing Rockettes. Wow. In, okay. In the history. She she did uh, Coca-Cola commercials and yeah, no all sorts way. of things with them. Yeah. Okay. Very so, cool. That was all before my time. I've seen many Rockette shows since. Yeah. With yeah. her in yeah. New York and when they travel to different places we've gone. But sure. I wasn't there for that part of her, uh, her yeah. life. Okay. And your dad was Dade City's Postmaster. He was Dade City's Postmaster. And then okay. he finished his career as the Postmaster in Zephyr Hills. Okay. So he was there for a long time then. I think in excess of 30 years as postmaster. Wow. Okay. Now I'm assuming then that it, so it just sounds like from, from what you're saying that your parents were really great role models Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. The best I could have ever asked for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're about 95% responsible for who I am today. Yes, sir. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And so you like to hunt and fish. I do. Okay. So where do you like to go hunting? Well, um, Originally, I would hunt mostly the southeast part of the United States, Florida and Georgia. Okay, yeah. Um, some of our local public lands, and then also some private lands that my family owned up in North Florida. Okay. And uh, in Georgia, and then more recently, I've hunted in Kansas and Alabama and some other areas. So okay, what, what do you like to hunt? Mainly whitetail deer. Okay, but do a little bit of turkey hunting as well. Yeah, some dove. Okay. Any crazy hunting story? You ever run into like a bear or something? No. Uh, let's see. A crazy hunting story. Y- you know, I any really, prize deer or something? Well, probably the one that I that I found last year in Kansas. That was probably the best one I've harvested so far. Okay. So I'm pretty proud of that one. That okay. was an archery hunt. Okay. Uh, a lot of fun. We had, a, we had a great time on the trip. So that's probably right the most memorable so far. Okay. And so what about the fishing? Is Are there any, any? you own your own boat, I believe, yes. right? I see on your yes. Facebook. Okay. Where do you like to go fishing? Well, preferably in the Keys. Okay. Or in the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. But uh, do a lot of fishing here in the Gulf of Mexico. Sure. Out of the Tarpon Springs area. Yeah. Uh, a lot of spear fishing. Okay. A lot of free diving. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, okay. So you're a diver. Do you, yes. ha- you have a um, license or whatever I it is? I am not scuba certified. Certified. So okay. everything I do mostly is free diving. Gotcha. Okay. And what's the difference? You just, is that where you're just a snorkel? Yeah. It's right? just, you're holding okay. your breath and going underwater, you know, as, as, as yeah. far as you have trained to do. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Fantastic. And so now um, I believe that you graduated back in 2011 from USF there in Tampa where you studied environmental science. That's correct. And so the motivation for environmental science, I said, so you wanted to be a veterinarian? Originally, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Right. And then as I kind of grew, um, I really got into the outdoors a lot. Yeah. And I started to see the need for environmental science and I could see the, you know, the issues that the world was facing with mm-hmm. pollution and development and all these things mm-hmm. that the environmental science field was going to be big. Sure. There were going to be a lot of, of jobs in that area. Yeah. And so that's what I initially pursued at USF. And um, I kind of later switched gears slightly because I did have a pretty substantial agricultural background um, from family, from my parents' previous endeavors, and from uh, my very first business, which was Alston Ag Services. Okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. And so what were your parents into? What- so my parents had, a, they, they both had their own careers. My, my mother's a financial advisor, my father 
was with the postal service as the postmaster. Yes, sir. But they had a dairy farm. Oh, okay. okay. It was called Branchland Dairy. Okay. Uh, it was located in Bushnell. Okay. And did you work on the farm? Did you? I, I was too young to really be of any assistance, but I grew up on the farm and I grew up loving it. Sure. Okay. Uh, the cattle, the, you know, the tractors and yeah. I just, I fell in love with it at a very young age and it's just always stuck with me. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. And so then you went to the University of Florida um, where you studied environmental management and, of agriculture and you graduated from there in 2012. That's and correct. And so I'm assuming USF was the undergrad, UF was the grad. Is that- well, I started at USF. I did three semesters there. Oh, okay. In gotcha. their environmental science program. Gotcha. And I realized very quickly that they were not a big proponent of agriculture. Mm. They they kind of blamed agriculture for all of the environmental problems of the world. Ah, uh, okay. And I didn't share those beliefs. Yeah, yes, sir. And so I decided I really needed to move into another program sure. that would shine light on how agriculture and sustainability and environmental science could all coexist. Got it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. And so that was why you then transferred to the University of Florida to go into that program. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. So what were you like as a student? I mean, were you, were you uh, a top producer type or were you more <laughs> of like, Hey, C's, you know, C's past, <laughs> C's past two. So early on, I was not a good student. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I didn't put in the, the time and effort that I, that was probably really necessary. Yeah. If you, if you look back, you know, I graduated uh, high school in 2005 and I didn't graduate college in two, two, until 2012. Mm, mm. But I was enrolled in college that entire time. I mean, I took classes at Pasco Hernando Community College where I got my AA degree. Sure. And all that while, I was operating Alston Ag Services, my business. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't very focused on school. And then as I entered into USF and their environmental science program, I realized if they're not going to support agriculture... I'm having a hard time being interested in it. Gotcha. And at the same time, I'm trying to run this business. Mm-hmm. I've got employees working in the field. And mm-hmm. so I decided I needed to get out of Dade City. I needed to go to a college where, you know, I could focus on what I was doing. Yeah. And I needed to shut down the business so that I could concentrate on my education. Sure. And so that's what brought me to the University of Florida. Gotcha. Then I became a good student. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I fell in love with the the program. I fell in love with the College of Agriculture. The people that were there yeah. were very like minded. I was surrounded by people that um, thought you know similarly similarly to me. Yes, sir. And I just I really dove into it. Yeah. And, and wanted to learn. I wanted yeah. to know that information. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so what did you get get into right after college? Did you uh, internships or I guess so, you had your own thing, right? So, well, I kind of I bounced around a little bit following my graduation. I had uh, accepted a job with Likes Brothers down in South Florida. So, okay. Likes is one of the largest ranches in the state of Florida. Okay, they. I think they were running about 26,000 head of beef cattle on 325,000 acres Okay. when I went to work for them. Is that a lot? I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It's a, it's substantial for ranches, and it's very substantial for a ranch in Florida Okay. size-wise. And they're very diversified. I mean, they have timber. They have sod. They have many other agricultural endeavors on that property. But 
I went to work in their uh, cattle business. Okay. And I just went to work for them as a cowboy, which I had grown up doing. I loved it. But I had the intent of possibly moving into their environmental division okay. because they actually employ their own environmental scientists because they have such a large piece of property. Sure. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. And so what is an average ranch size? If, if they're on the larger size, what sort of an average? I would say the majority of your ranches in the state of Florida are maybe five to 10,000 acres. And gotcha. those, and those are your common large ranches. Okay. So likes is, is much larger and, and yeah. that particular area of the state, most people don't consider it, but it's primarily made up of large ranches that mm. are, you know, 50,000 acre plus mm. pieces of property operated for, you know, decades. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Now, uh, this portion of the show is sponsored by reliable resellers. Reliable resellers provides a hassle-free and profitable way to downsize your life. If you want to remove the clutter and you're thinking of downsizing, call the pros at reliable resellers, 813-421-5676, or visit them online at reliableresellers.net. All right, now let's uh, focus now on Austin Electric. So you're the founder and owner, and you're a partner at the Angus Cattle Company. That's correct. So we'll start here by talking about Austin Electric. So you started that company back in late 2019, and then I believe that you got certified as an electrical contractor in really early uh, January of 2020. Yes, I did. Yep. So I started the business, part of the state's requirements was you essentially have to have the business built before you can receive your your certification, before you can receive oh, the licensing. Interesting. Okay. So you have to have everything in place. You have to have all your accounting. You have to have your LLC established, Ooh, your tax ID, oh. workers' comp, the whole nine. You have to have it all ready to roll mm. when you show up for the board hearing and submit your application. Okay. And so, so, you ha- so you're certified. And so I'm assuming that your certification helps you to understand all of that stuff? And, and well, I actually hired, you... I hired a firm out of South Florida okay. to put together my application. Okay. It was extremely lengthy. The documentation that was necessary, all the prerequisites. Yeah. I, I looked at it the first time and I thought there's gotta be somebody out here that, <laughs> that can help with this because yes, sir. I did not know what direction to go with it. Yeah. Okay. And so, so now your education is in environmental sciences and natural resources and such. So I'm curious, what sent you down this path? So what happened was I was working for Likes Brothers and I accepted a job with a manufacturing company in Southwest Michigan. Okay. And I went to work for them as a, really in just a, a kind of a wild card position. Uh, they were in the process of a very large expansion into a new 300,000 square foot facility. And they had hundreds of projects that needed to be tackled. Mm, okay. um, just the total infrastructure build for the facility so that they could start running their business out of it. And in doing so, 50% or better of those projects were electrical projects. Okay. I knew nothing about electricity at the time, but I had the opportunity to work with some people that were very skilled electricians okay. and learn the trade as I, as I kind of went. So I was with them for two years. Wow. Okay. And, uh, the, the experience was invaluable. 
that I received, mm-hmm. but I was in Southwest Michigan and I was born and raised in Florida. Yeah. And I was cold in the summer times. Yeah. Um, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted nothing more to get back to Dade city. Sure. So I finished out the infrastructure project and then resigned from that position. I took a job with Patty electric and refrigeration in Zephyr Hills. Okay. Uh, very long time established, um, electrical and refrigeration business. Yeah. And I moved back from Michigan and went to work for them. Okay. And over the course of the first three or so years of my seven that I was there, I did a lot of air conditioning work. I learned a lot of electrical work and I eventually worked my way up to their project management position over their electrical division. Okay. And then I spent the last three and a half years of my time there working as their project manager for their electrical division. Okay. Um, so the majority of my experience in the electrical field came from David Patty. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he's by far the, the most influential, uh, person in my career path. Okay. Um, I fell in love with it because it was challenging to me. Yeah. And it's very diversified and it changes constantly the, mm. you know, the updates and the technology yeah. and the codes. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't, a, it wasn't something I could learn and then always understand. Right. I mean, I'm learning today. I'll learn something new tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'll find something next week that challenges me. So that's yeah. why I wound up in this career path. Gotcha. Okay. I love it, man. And so it sounds like that you do, you do know someone in the industry that you can kind of lean on for advice and to sort of, so you, you can call Patty and, and ask electric and ask questions say, Hey, I'm kind of stuck. How do I do this or something like that? So I, I've, I feel confident in myself at this point where I, I rarely have to call him for advice on how to fix something, but I will say that he's been in the trade for, I think over 50 years at this point. Yeah. And if I can't find a part or I don't know what a part is or I'm working on something that's yeah built long before my time, mm-hmm. I can call David and I can explain something to him over the phone. Yeah. And he, he knows exactly what it is. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So um, now, according to buildzoom.com, Austin Electric has a score of 103 which translates to one of the top 10% of electrical contractors in the entire state of Florida. They place you above almost 200,000 other contractors. So man, in two years, you're doing something right. (laughs) Um, So what type of electrical contracting do you guys do? Is it outside, inside, integrated building systems? So we kind of fill a niche market in this area. Okay. we do a lot of service work. Okay. And we do a lot of remodel work. Uh, okay. Um, we don't do a lot of new construction for, you know, residential for these developments that we see going in around us. Yeah. We yeah. don't do any track home okay. electrical work. Okay. Um, and we don't do large commercial construction projects either. We're a small family based contractor. Yeah. We service. I would say respectively about a 30 mile radius from Dade city. And that includes residential, commercial and industrial. Okay. So you, okay. All three, all three. Okay. And then we also do probably 60% or better of our work kind of in the remodel field. Okay. So 
where people are updating their kitchens or they're rewiring, you know, hundred year old homes or a commercial business is adding on or, gotcha. you know, adding new equipment. Yeah. That's really the field that we specialize in. Okay. So, gotcha. Is there anything you're working on right now? Any big projects coming down the pipe or something we, happening right now? We do. We do have some big projects. Um, we're working on uh, some large commercial pool projects uh, down in the Apollo Beach area, um, relighting uh, their their pool wet deck areas, as they call them, so that the community can have these large pools open for night swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, the Easy Clean Car Wash in Zephyr Hills okay. is going through a large-scale remodel. Wow. So we're providing all their electrical work at this time. Okay. Uh, we also provide all of the electrical work for Florida Cracker Kitchen. Okay. Uh, Brooksville, gotcha. Dade City, uh, yeah. even their locations in Homosassa and Wikiwachi. Do you have like a fleet of vans and trucks? We do. Oh, yep. wow. Okay. We do have a fleet of vehicles. Um, everything from vans to pickup trucks to yeah. utility body trucks. Uh, wow. Equipment trailers, cargo trailers. How, how large is your team? Right now we have, I believe, nine or ten people on the payroll. Wow. So we're not okay. very large. Well, still, I mean, that's not super small. It's not super small. We are, we're definitely growing and looking for yeah. employees every day. Sure. So. Yes, sir. Okay. Man, that, that's fantastic. And so you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, how did you learn? So, so did the people that you, you brought in to help initially, did they help you with like how to get clients and finding employees and all the taxes and accounting stuff? Did they help you with that? Or did you just kind of learn a lot on your own through trial and error? So it's probably a combination of a few things. Uh, number one was uh, Seth Mann. He's a local tax law attorney here in Dade City. He's been a mentor to me for as long as I can remember. He was the one that helped me establish my very first business, Alston Electric. Okay. Uh, he's provided pretty much all of the business guidance that I've ever really needed yeah. along the way. Anytime I had a, you know, a, more of an administrative question to mm-hmm. do with the business, mm-hmm. I call Seth. And, gotcha. Um, all the way back from the Alston Ag Service days. He also established Alston Electric for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that was a big factor. The other factor is I do appreciate struggling through something on my own to yeah. learn yeah. what I need to do and how I need to do it again and repeat it in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of those two things really that has taught me how I need to operate on an administra- administrative side. Yes, sir. Handle taxes, handle payroll, insurance. Yeah. and Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. man. Okay. So what all is involved with getting certified? So you said you have to have everything set up already, but do you have to go to training? Is there a school you go to or something like that? So there's a couple different options. The state of Florida has a few different pathways to meet all the prerequisites to be able to uh, apply for and test for your electrical contracting license. Okay. So I had to work as a project manager on the payroll for a minimum of 36 months for for a uh, certified electrical contractor, which was Patty Electric. And then part of my application was that Patty Electric had to sign off on all of my experience and all the things that I had done for them over the years to prove to the state that I was eligible to test. 
And then the testing process is two separate tests. There's a technical and code test. Okay. And then there's also a business test. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And that's where they go over like the insurance you need and right. stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, okay. So they, it's a, it's comp- They teach you everything, everything you need to know pretty much. Well, they do. I took, um, there's a, a company called Mike Holt, um, and they are an electrical educator essentially. Okay. Um, so after I got through all of my, you know, my years of being in the field and was actually eligible to apply and to test, mm-hmm. then I started seeking out training resources for these exams because I knew the exams were lengthy. I think I had somewhere in the neighborhood of 26 or 28 different textbooks that were covered on the exams. Yeah. And it, it does stem quite a ways from just your bare bones electrical work because of the license that I was chasing after. The state offers uh, probably around a dozen different electrical licenses. Oh, okay. But the license that I have is the Florida Unlimited electrical contracting license. So it covers everything. So I see. I had textbooks on uh, mixtures and structures for concrete. Okay. um, Alarm systems signaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a lot of things that, that kind of left the electrical field that I was chasing after, but to obtain that license, I had to have the information and the knowledge. Yeah. So I sought out Mike Holt. I ended up purchasing all of my study material through him, basically. Okay. Uh, I can't even remember all of the different aspects of it. I think I studied for probably six months sure, yeah. before I sat for the exams. And I also yeah. took a week-long cram course that was provided by his company. Sure, yeah. So, And it, it proved to be extremely helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know where I would have been without that, without yeah. the study material that, that sure. was provided. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah, so I, I have a tech, I used to work in tech in the past life for 12 years, and um, I had multiple IT certifications, so I'm very well versed on having a stack of books and having to take <laughs> boot camps for a week before, and your mind is nothing but that, t- right. <laughs> nothing oh, but yeah. that test. Um, so when you first opened, it sounds, so how did people find out about you? So was it, did you, were you already sort of established through working with, uh, with Patty electric and some other places that people already knew about you, or did you have to do some advertising or how did people find out about you? Really? I would say initially it was strictly word of mouth. Um, I didn't advertise. I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, as far as the volume of work, I didn't have any employees. Uh, I had one work truck and I just didn't know what to expect on day one, essentially. Yeah. And I didn't really have a budget for marketing or advertising at that point. Sure. Um, I had kind of saved up money over the course of the past couple of years to try to get ready for the business. I purchased mm-hmm. the first work truck and, mm-hmm. and off we went. Um, probably a lot of it had to do with the fact that my family is longtime residents of the Dade City area, yeah. and word started to spread relatively quickly. And then once people started to see the quality of work that you know I was able to produce, yeah. then I started getting referrals from Patty Electric and other local electrical contractors when they couldn't keep up with the workload. I'm going to ask I you st- about that, yeah. Okay. I started seeking out employees, and, and gotcha. it went from there. But the yeah. initial marketing and advertising was non-existent. Gotcha. Um, it was just word of mouth 
So how do you find your first, how do you go about finding your first employees? What do you, how do you well, do that? So I kind of have two firsts. Uh, the very first was my father. Okay. Who is retired yes, from sir. the postal service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he would say to me, Oh, if, if you need an extra set of hands or if you need some help, you know, just let me know and I'd be more than happy. And I think he's probably at this point retracting that statement <laughs> a couple okay. of years later <laughs> yeah, yeah. because uh, I call on him for everything. But yeah. he was definitely the first employee. Uh, the second one was Spencer Barr. And he's a longtime friend. And he, was, uh, he runs a screen repair business. But he would have gaps in his schedule between his jobs. And so I would bring him in to give me an extra set of hands on some of these projects. Gotcha. Um, so those were really the first two that I brought on board and I, I didn't have to look very far for them. Yeah. Right on. Awesome. Okay. And then, so the subsequent employees, like do you, are you finding them like just online or just like from people that you know or something like so that? So I will say this, the subsequent employees from, from my father and Spencer, uh, one of them I had pursued for many years while I was at Patty electric. Uh, to try to bring him on board for Patty Electric, and I was okay. never able to achieve that. Mm. Uh, so he was the very first one. His name's Carlos Ruiz, and uh, I called him on the phone. We sat down, we talked, you know, discussed the job and the requirements and the salary mm-hmm. and all of those standardized things. Yeah, and I was able to bring him on board. He was the most crucial person um, that that I've been able to hire so far. The rest of the, the guys that I hired were by word of mouth or actually came from another company. I have an, an additional electrical license that qualifies um, mm. another electrical business here in Florida. Sure. So they were employees that moved from that business to mine. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, I was able to bring in an office manager uh, who was a family friend, and I just recently hired a project manager named Don Charlick, who many people okay. in this community know, who was my high school science teacher. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And so how long, so you said when you first started, it was just you and a, and a one work truck. Right. And now you have a fleet after just a couple of years. That's correct. That's insane. That's awesome. So how long did it take you to start buying more vans and getting more, getting all this stuff going? Basically as quickly as I could afford it. Okay. Uh, the workload in those times and, and still was very present. I mean, we had every opportunity we could imagine to yeah. expand. So awesome. as quickly as I could save up enough money to buy the next truck, buy mm-hmm. the next set of tools and mm-hmm. get the next employee on board, mm-hmm. I was that was the goal, was just reinvest as yeah. quickly as possible to Absolutely. try to expand. Right, and this is all through word of mouth. You're not advertising anywhere, people will just Word of mouth. That's correct. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, So I I do like to ask people about funding because I think it helps the listeners to sort of understand the full picture. So when you first started back in the beginning, like how did you go about funding this thing? Like did you take out loans, like credit cards, or like how how did you go about doing it? So initially I knew I was going to need some form of, you know, lines of credit. Yeah. To, to be able to operate. I mean, electrical materials are extremely expensive. Sure. Uh, the overhead and operating costs are extremely expensive. Yeah. And so I started first going to banks that I was already using yeah. and looking for lines of credit. Uh, 
and I found out very quickly that I wasn't going to get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had, you know, they had no faith in me. Yeah, um, I had yeah. no business history. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so within a matter of months of hunting down, you know, an operating line of credit, mm-hmm. I learned that it was all going to be done on cash. Mm-hmm. It was, we were just going to do what we could do. Sure. Um, I was able to apply obviously for some, some business credit cards that had, basically monthly spending limits that were nearly useless to me. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so those kind of got set aside in the early days Yeah, and we just operated on cash. It gotcha. was, it was what we could afford to do and that's what we did. Yeah, man. And, and then as we started to, to build up our own funds, then I was able to go out and, you know, get some credit cards that had some higher spending limits on them so that it could at least carry us through that month right uh for fuel and materials and and things of that nature and and vehicle repairs was one that i didn't foresee initially yeah but uh to this day i still have not found any kind of funding that i was happy with as far as the terms yeah so we just operate on what we can what we have the ability to do yeah i get it man and so i think you said a minute ago that that you, you had saved up some money for a few years before before doing it so i guess that's kind of where the cash came from is you just you saved up you bit the bullet you saved and then you had some <clears throat> cash to, to i did do this. i did and it wasn't much i mean i literally started this business with twenty thousand dollars wow okay um so 2019 yeah uh, and the beginning of 2020, when I sat down for the licensing board hearing, mm-hmm. I had to, part of my application was I had to prove that I had $20,000 in, in an account yeah, uh, and was ready to start the business. Sure. And, and that's all I had. Yeah. So, so were, were you confident it was going to work or were you just kind of rolling the dice and saying, man, I hope this, I hope this works. I'm a, I'm a risk taker by nature. Yeah. So it didn't scare me. Okay. Um, I wasn't worried about whether or not it was going to work. I knew I could make it work. Yeah. So it was just a, it was a matter of, you know, I'm, I'm leaving this job. I'm starting a new company and I don't have a choice, but to make it work. Yeah. God, I love it, man. I love that mindset. Um, okay. So we'll transition a little bit here and start talking about Angus cattle company for, for a little bit. So I pulled this directly from the Facebook page. Central Florida registered Angus producer focused on high quality genetics, top tier beef production and long term environmental management of Florida's ranch lands. Now, I was hoping that you could expand on that a little bit more and talk about the Angus Cattle Company a little bit, your involvement and so forth. Okay, absolutely. So back, I'll take you back a little bit further. We obviously know about my parents dairy farm. Mm -hmm. After I graduated high school. I started my own small cattle business and I named it after my parents' dairy and it was called Branchland Cattle. Um, and I would run registered Brangus cows on leased property around the Dade City area. Okay. I gave that up when I moved to the University of Florida to go to school. Mm-hmm. And then obviously with my other jobs following that, I wasn't able to restart it. When I moved to Dugan Road, uh, shortly thereafter, a uh, family moved in next door, and that was Jeff and Laura Renner. And we became very good friends right off the bat. And I don't believe we had been friends for more than about six months. And Jeff came to me one day, and he said that he had the opportunity to buy Angus Cattle Company. 
and he said, would you be willing to look at it? He said, you've got more experience in the cattle industry than I do, Mm -hmm. but I would love to have a partner. Sure. And I said, absolutely. So we saddled up horses and went out and rode through the herds and the properties, the lease, and within a matter of probably two months or less, Mm -hmm. Jeff and I both put up the money and we purchased Angus Cattle Company, the LLC, the herd, took over the leased property and went into business. Okay. Gotcha. Awesome. So, so what all, um, what all do you guys do there? So essentially we are basically what it says on Facebook. We're a registered Angus producer. Yes, sir. Um, we breed for specific genetics, our target for this area because we are a smaller cattle producer Mm -hmm. is high quality beef and we also sell animals for the local ffa and 4-h kids to show in the fairs oh gotcha okay okay so so are you guys a a wholesale operation can consumers buy directly from you like how does that work? absolutely so we sell animals kind of in two different ways we sell to um, the to the public really to to anyone who wants to purchase from us, we sell calves, we sell replacement heifers, we sell you know young bulls if that's what they they need for their herd. Mm-hmm. But then we also take our steers and we feed them out okay. until they're at a finished product. Sure, and then anybody any consumer can come to us and purchase that animal and they take it and have it slaughtered sure packaged and put it in their freezer yes sir gotcha so okay understood okay so now i also read that the angus cattle company was built on the principles of florida beef cattle management practices as per dr todd thrift from the university of florida could you just talk about that a little bit and for someone like myself who has no idea what that means can you just kind of expand a little bit absolutely so while i was at the university of florida Um, they allowed me, even with my environmental science degree, the environmental management of agriculture degree, they allowed me to have a minor in beef cattle industry. I also had a minor in soil and water science, but with all of the cattle related courses that I took, Dr. Todd Thrift was uh, the professor for many of those. And he was his principles the way he raises cattle Mm -hmm. um was very influential in what we do with angus cattle company um i learned so much from him in probably the most important was you you don't take an animal out of its environment and move it to another you raise animals that are you know, capable of living in the environment that you have. Okay. So that was one of the things that we tried to focus on with Angus Cattle Company because Angus Cattle aren't necessarily the most productive breed in Florida. So we were always trying to influence back in to our genetics something that was more productive for this area. Sure. Um, so Dr. Todd Thrift's principles and the education that he provided to me have played you know, a very predominant role in what we do with Angus Cattle Company. Oh, fantastic, man. Okay. And so now I seen on your Facebook page where there was a post from back in February where you guys purchased a steer by the name of Axel. Oh, okay. I was hoping you could just talk about Axel for a little bit. So he was actually one of our steers um, that we raised that we, or, you know, we bred and we sold to, um, 
a young lady who showed it in the Pasco County Fair. And I had set up a, a group of buyers for the steer sale. Uh, I think we had maybe 10 buyers total. And so the goal was, I think we had, I don't remember if we had two or three of our steers were in the Pasco County Fair, but I believe Axel won the Carcass Grand Champion animal at the Pasco County Fair. Okay. And so we were trying to buy him back uh, yeah. just to help support the student that raised him. And Okay. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. seen the post that, that somebody else had made. They were just really thankful that you guys had, had bought it. You guys, they, they mentioned you're great breeders and you're going to do great things or something like that. So. Yeah, well, we, you know, in, in all of the businesses, uh, I think one of the most important things is supporting your local community. Yes, sir. So, yeah. you know, they supported us by purchasing an animal from us. They put a lot of faith in us. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that, that that particular steer, Axel, did a great job in the uh, fair. Yeah. And the best we could do is, is support them. Absolutely. So. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Okay, now this is another question that I ask everybody because... I just want to hear you talk about it. I want to hear your reasons a little bit for it. And so why Dade City? I mean, so I know you're from here, but you've left and you've come back and you're still here. You, you, your businesses are here. So what is it about Dade City? What do you love the most about, about being here? The community, okay. uh, the people in the community. It's mm -hmm. very tight knit. Um, there's relatively few places I go in Dade City and the surrounding communities that I don't know someone. You know, you walk into a restaurant, you walk into a business, um, and there's always somebody there that you know. The networking for the purpose of business is very simple because everyone knows everyone. And, you know, in my particular field, we do have a lot of additional competition, which I think is great. Uh, we have, you know, many other electrical contractors in Dade City, but everybody still supports everybody else in this community. If one contractor can't get to the work, they refer it out to another and everybody kind of works together. Uh, Dade City is very special to me because I have a lot of family here. It's where I grew up. Um, I still have a lot of friends in the area and um, I just feel like it's probably the best place for me to grow to have a business and to raise a family one day so yeah yes sir i love it that that's an awesome awesome okay so um you're by all accounts you're a successful guy i mean you're a college graduate you're a successful businessman you i mean you seem like you have a system for life sort of figured out i mean seriously if if someone came to you and asked you for advice right a young aspiring entrepreneur someone who at a minimum you knew they were serious and they were genuine when they came to you and they were looking for some tips and tricks what would be some of your your tips and tricks for success that you would give to someone like that coming from a place of of success so i would say first and foremost you've got to make sure that your heart is set to that goal mm -hmm. because if it's not at least in my opinion you're not working towards something that is worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're not a hundred percent, if not more invested into it, I wouldn't even go down that road. Um, after that, once you know your heart's set to it, it's just sheer determination that you're going to achieve it. Yeah. Uh, there's a million different avenues to go about it, mm -hmm. but hard work is, 
it's going to prevail every time. Yes, so sir. if you think you can work, you know, eight hours a day and that's going to get you there, you need to work 16. Um, and that's, that's what I've done to, you know, to, to get where I'm at mm-hmm. is just determination and working harder than I ever thought I could. Yeah. And that's what I would tell someone is, you know, seek out mentors, uh, find somebody that can give you guidance mm-hmm. and work. Work yeah. as hard as you can possibly work. Yes, sir. And if your heart's set to it, you'll make it happen. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, and you have a lot going on with all of your different businesses. So I'm curious, Leland, what does a typical day look like for you? I mean, is there a structure to your day or? Some days we have structure. Yeah. Tuesdays we have structure for the electrical business. Um, a typical day for me is is mild chaos generally um, <laughs> it it just depends on on what's happening um, obviously the electrical business is my main business um, so that's my focus um, I'm generally up pretty early in the mornings um, my phone generally starts ringing before 7 a.m mm-hmm. and we're trying to get crews out into the field we're trying to work out little kinks making sure uh, you know, equipment's going to the right job site. Trucks have the correct materials in them. Yeah. Uh, schedules haven't changed for projects, things like that. Yeah. And then generally after about nine, 10 o'clock in the morning, that subsides a little bit. Sure. And at that point, I have time to focus more on the administrative side of the business with my project manager and my office manager. Mm hmm discuss what's coming in the pipeline the Mm -hmm. future Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes i do that from the office with them and Mm -hmm. other times i do it from the seat of my truck while i'm driving to go look at a project or check on a project yeah in the interim of all that we're dealing with cows that get out for angus cattle company or phone calls about people that want to buy a steer or we have a you know one of the horses is lame and we need to figure out what to do with that. Yes, sir. Um, I might be hauling a load of cows somewhere in the middle of the day. And then at some point during the day, I'm speaking to my brother about remodeling our property on Meridian and turning it into Airbnb units and trying to line up appointments with contractors so we can go over the scope of work and progress. And so my typical day has absolutely no set schedule it sure. doesn't have a start time it doesn't have an end time yeah and yeah it just happens as it will and you can't change that right absolutely you've, you've just got to roll with it yes sir so. so how do you man how are you keeping up with it all i mean do you, so you, you have an office manager which i'm sure helps a little bit with austin electric but so you just said you know up till nine o'clock or so in the morning you're doing this and then you're doing this and then you have cows that have got out i mean so it just how are you did, how do you not let the stress of everything just eat you alive, man? Um, I've always been very good about just letting stuff kind of roll off um, okay. as needed. Yeah. You know, there's things that are important yeah. and you've got to stay focused on what's important. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is just incidentals that you have to deal with. So I, I conduct 50% or better of my business from the seat of my truck while yeah. I'm driving. Yeah. I drive a lot. I I think probably this year I'll, you know, probably close to 60, 65,000 miles on the truck. Um, 
and so that's where a lot of a lot of business happens. Sure. Um, yeah. And you just you just don't let the the things you can't control. Right. If they're outside of that circle of control. Yeah. You don't worry about them. Right. You just you bounce back. Whatever happens, happens, and and yeah. you deal with it, and you don't let it get inside your head because. If I let every little thing that went wrong bother me, yeah, I'd be pretty upset by 6 a.m. Yeah, man, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done. It's right. a lot easier said than done. It's really impressive, man. Um, what about, are there any books you're reading or uh, books on tape maybe you listen to or podcast or anything like that? Or? Not a lot. If I'm okay. reading, um, it's generally for the purpose of learning something else in the electrical field. Sure. You know, we've come across an issue with a piece of equipment that I've never seen before, or a customer's called us and asked us if we can tackle a specific job. And I'm trying to research, you know, code requirements and specific building department requirements for their jurisdiction. Yeah. That's, that's predominantly the reading that I do. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm not it. reading that I'm reading something about, agriculture or beef cattle yeah um, so yeah. everything that you know i don't i don't read for i guess pleasure i guess i don't you know i never pick up a, a fiction book or anything like that right it's all just you know my two my two main interests are electricity and yeah agriculture right so. on right on man. i love it okay um all right so now we do have a few subscriber questions i do want to give just a reminder we always make an announcement post on our facebook page so don't forget to like and follow us over there uh when we have a guest coming on you can submit your questions to us via show at taobpodcast.com or just leave a comment on the post and we'll make sure to, to ask your question on the podcast so we have a, a two-part question here submitted by a Mr. Spencer Barr, who you talked about earlier. And he kind of already answered the first question, but we'll ask it again. So his first question of his two-part question, who was your first favorite employee at Austin Electric? Really think about it. So I, I will give the first favorite employee to Spencer Barr. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Uh, he was very crucial in the beginning of the business. There was a lot of work that we did where I couldn't have done it without him. Yeah. He didn't have any kind of an electrical background, but he's got a great work ethic and uh, tremendous amount of energy and willing to do anything I asked him to, to help. Right on. Uh, I think some of the very first times he worked with me, we would work like 20 to 24 hours straight yeah. uh, to be able to get things done, sleep for a few hours and get back to it. So. Yeah. Spencer definitely takes the award for the first favorite employee. Right on. Yeah, th those guys are rare, man, and they, but they're, they're really good guys. Um, okay, and so his second question here is, what does it take to be a walk-on at, quote, tryouts for Austin Electric? Um, that's, a, that's a very good question. I am less concerned about somebody's electrical knowledge in the beginning. I want someone who has good morals, and I want somebody who wants to be there and a willingness to learn because we can teach them anything in the world if they show up and they want to learn it. And <clears throat> the moral character of a person is extremely important to me because I'm not always the one out in the field on the day that the work is being completed. I mean, especially in our residential jobs and our service work, I don't get to meet a lot of those customers. I never see them. So the people that work for me that are actually out in the field performing the tasks, yeah, 
they're the face of my business and they have to be of top-notch moral character sure a lot of them are in people's homes when there's no one there yes sir um so that is by far the most important thing to me about a walk-on employee at Austin Electric. Yeah. Have a good work ethic, um, willingness to learn, but most of all, absolutely profound morals. Sure, yes, sir. And then some of the other stuff you can teach. If, absolutely. We can teach anything else. Yeah, yes, sir. Understood. And that 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 goes quite in line. So I talked with... I believe her name is Hannah, your office yes. manager. And so I just was trying to get some information. And so I asked her what she loved about working there. And she, it's a family environment. It's the best job she's ever had. So that goes right in line with what you're saying. With you're, you're looking for people with the right morals, the right, the right uh, moral compass. Right. Makes sense. Got it. Okay. I love it. Um, all right, man. So we're going to start kind of winding this thing down here. It, are there any topics that you want to go back and talk a little more about? Are there any topics that we didn't cover that you want to bring up? I mean, man, anything at all? Well, I would like to say, you know, we, we did touch on, um, you had asked about bringing on employees and how we found them. Mm-hmm. We have in the past six months been at a standstill as far as hiring is concerned. Um, we've had job ads run on major job search sites, uh, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of referrals, um, some walk-ins, people see the vehicles, take the number down and call. Mm-hmm. We've done a handful of interviews and had very little luck oh, wow. at this point. Okay. The availability of employees, and I think not just this industry, but yeah. you know, yep. nationwide, is at an all-time low. Yes, sir, yeah. And so we're struggling to find new employees. I have, um, I offer a four-year apprenticeship program to all new employees mm-hmm. that's paid for by the company. Oh, wow. Um, and at the end of that four years, they have the ability to test for their journeyman certificate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a huge benefit. Yeah. Um, we are also starting to offer benefits. Nice. Um, Okay. So we're, we're trying to be very progressive because the, the training is probably the most important thing to me. We run the risk of those guys working for four years, getting their journeyman certificate and then taking another job somewhere else. Yeah. But if all the other electrical contractors participate in these same journeyman apprenticeship programs over the course of four years that are certified by the state, yeah. When their employees leave them, I can find them. And when my employees leave me, they can find them. Mm-hmm. And we have a pool of people that we can work with. Yeah. And right now, Dade City and the surrounding areas don't have that. Okay. So gotcha. that's why that's so important to me. Yes, is, sir. You know, pay for these guys to learn the trade. Mm-hmm. If they leave Alston Electric at the end of their four-year program and go somewhere else, it's probably my fault. I probably wasn't the best employer I could be. I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, I, I want to make them want to stay. Sure. So, absolutely. Um, that's really the only other thing I can think of that okay. is worth touching on. Hey, right, right on, man. So if anybody is listening and you're looking for a job, you have a good work ethic, reach out to Austin Electric. They'll train you. They'll give you benefits. Uh, and it's a great job. Okay, man. So um, we're going to end this with what I call my three quick question round. All right. I just have three quick questions for you. Question number one, how would you define the word entrepreneur? I would define it as someone who has a just a unwavering work ethic, is extremely determined, and doesn't see 
challenges as impassable, you know, finds a way around them, over them, whatever it takes to get to the other side. That's an entrepreneur. God, I love that. Okay. Question number two, how would you define the word success? Success to me is having a business that is well-recognized in the community and having every single employee that works for you happy at the end of every day that they were there and happy to show up the next day. Um, that's more important to me than anything else. Uh, they are the, the heartbeat of Alston electric and without them, it wouldn't persist. So their you know, the quality of their employment is probably the biggest driver of what I would call success. Yes, sir. Awesome. Fantastic. I love it. All right. And question number three, when you think of the word successful, who comes to mind? Successful. That is a very good question. Um, I would say probably a few people, probably the mentors that I mentioned. Yes, sir. Um, I would go with Seth Mann um, because of his knowledge, David Patty because of his knowledge, and my parents, Jeff and Lois Alston, because of the just the morals that they instilled in me. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were I think they were very successful in raising me. Yes, sir. Yeah, so. I, I love it, man. I love it. So, all right, Leland, man, how can people find you guys? So plug your websites, any social media stuff, any, you know, specials or anything. Just plug all your stuff. Yeah, so we've we've got a website, which, like I said, needs some, needs some work. So we're going to jump on that one day. We've got a Facebook page that we probably need to be a little more active on. Um, we do have a little bit of advertising here and there around town, a couple of banners. We've got you know, obviously all of our equipment, trucks, trailers has our information on it. Um, the other electrical license that I have qualifies a business called Sky Solar Energy. They're located in Zephyr Hills, Florida, and they do statewide solar uh, installations as okay. well as, you know, whole house battery systems and whole house uh, standby generators. Okay. So... Great company for any of your solar generator or battery needs. Okay. Um, obviously, Angus Cattle Company for mm -hmm. all of your locally raised beef. Yes, sir. Um, and then here in the future, uh, Alston Holdings will be offering um, some Airbnbs on Meridian Avenue. Okay, man. So. Oh, Jesus. Okay, man, you are an impressive guy. Um, so if, if someone is interested in applying for the apprentice program, phone number how do they how do they get in so our office number is 352-458-1710 okay uh facebook messages okay we check those daily okay um those are the two best ways to get in contact with us hannah okay. would be the you know the one replying so perfect okay that's that's how you get a job with us and get on the apprenticeship program. Right on. Okay, perfect, man. So, uh, Leland, thanks a lot. This has been fan this has been great. Um, and everyone else, thanks a lot for tuning in. If you've enjoyed the show, then please share it around so others can join in as well. The best way for new listeners to find the show is for our current listeners to talk about us. So give us a like, drop us a comment, and don't forget to subscribe. 
Please don't forget to support our sponsors, Reliable Resellers. If you're looking to downsize, call the pros at Reliable Resellers, 813-421-5676, or visit them online at reliableresellers.net. I'm your host, Eric Baker, and this has been another episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now.